We're real life sisters, Kay and Chai, and we real life want to be your sisters too. Welcome to the family. No takesies, backsies. Now let's get on with the Kay and Chai Show. Hey there, family. Welcome to the Kay and Chai Show. This week, we are talking all about the ships, all kinds of ships in our life. Uh, We can't wait to address four of them this week. We're starting off with the ship of leadership. And now you can tell what we're talking about. We're not obviously actual sailors or ship enthusiasts (laughs) in the slightest, but we are big fans of all of the words that end with ships. And we wanted to feature four of them uh, this week. There will probably be four more in another week, but starting off with leadership, we think is probably the most important one. Well, leadership is one of our favorite topics uh, in general, but we wanted to start out with leadership today because in fact, many of us find that the hardest person to lead is ourselves, right? I was thinking conceptually about our podcast today and just reflecting on how much it's fun to teach, but it's also fun for us to come here and be able to just have a conversation about where we are on our voyage and journey through navigating, growing through all kinds of different things, including learning the things that we bring forward. So just you know, side note, thanks for being an ear for us. um, And we gain as much benefit as we hope value we're providing to you. And I think that's kind of the nature of the relationship of that leadership of the self that we really wanted to bring forward when we said, what's the most important thing? You know, we we know, most of us know it's an internal game. And so we've got to play that internal game. And that means self-leadership. Self-leadership can be so difficult because it's between you and you, right? The battles Mm -hmm. don't happen on the field of life the battles happen in between your ears and no one knows you better than yourself. So you are a master (laughs) at manipulating yourself. Yeah. yeah. And jabbing yourself Uh and beating yourself up and justifying things by we are, we really are masters in there. When, when we think about the concept of leadership, just so that we're all kind of talking about it, we're really thinking of it in that terms of being able to influence behavior, right? Being able to choose the direction and move the energy, momentum, and action in that direction, aka having influence over behavior. And so that leadership of the self really, uh, you know, are you influencing yourself to take the behaviors that you want in order to get what you want? What I love about that influence is that your ability to influence yourself and to influence others directly affects the outcomes that you have in your life. So if you look around at your life and you're like, man, I don't like the way that things are going, might be good to take out that check out the ship of leader, (laughs) right? This might be one of the ships that you want to dock for a while and and renovate and get uh, into a better place. And that does take time and intention. And I know some of the, we all have different motivations and, and ways that we are able to complete things and ultimately influence ourselves to, to take desired behaviors. But I know for us, you know, one of the ways is, is a picking one specific thing and trying to work on that versus having a vague general idea of who that perfect person is. Well, what, what are those behaviors that that perfect person does? They work out, they drink water, they sleep, they have balance and harmony within their family and their relationships. They're authentic to who they are. And so by being able to starting to identify those things, now we can say, okay, well, what are the behaviors then that demonstrate that character? As you begin to demonstrate that character as well through your behavior change, you gain the capacity to then go out and lead other people in those arenas and to cause 
that change in others as well. That's where the a traditional sense of leadership kind of comes into play. You know, it makes me think of, and we'll likely talk about this in the relationship section mm-hmm. of the podcast, uh, but you know, that you can only love others at the capacity with which you love yourself. And leadership works very similarly. You can only lead others at the capacity with which you can lead yourself. Oh gosh, I love that. And I, and when you, it comes to knowing what motivates yourself and leading yourself, influencing yourself, um, I, I love kind of bringing forward that concept of what are some of the things that motivate you? What are some of the things that that do make you feel momentum towards taking action? You know, I think it was Zig Ziglar who said motivations like showering. That's why we recommend it once a day, like finding something that fires you up, whether it's exercise or meditation or time in nature or time on your bike or rocking out it's with your instrument or everybody's got that thing, but what are some of those things that you can do that help fuel that fire every day, not once in a while, but every day so that you have that built in so you can continue to have that influence. Ah, well, lighting that flame for yourself so you can light that flame for others is Mm. really the essence of the leadership. And we're excited to be here in Ships Week. Next up, we're going to talk about partnerships. Now docking in partnerships. <laughs> Welcome aboard. This is Ships Week. And yeah, in the last segment, we talked about leadership. We're, we're excited now to talk about partnerships, something we obviously know a little bit about. Ah, well, we are so blessed to have a partnership in one another and talk often amongst each other about how grateful we are that we have someone that we can lean on and trust and that really has that kind of a, a, you know, not that mindset of the 50-50, but that both people bring their 100-100 to the table. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of the things that ultimately helps partnerships be successful. And we're going to talk about those, the, the uh, romantic expression of partnerships and kind of those long-term significant others a little bit later uh, towards the end of this episode, but talking right now about partnerships in the sense of working relationships, career-wise, so thinking into those things, these are the ships that I think are hardest to build for a lot of people, Um, and I think that's because going into a business partnership, the nature of that relationship goes in a direction that if you haven't been in partnerships before, you're not quite expecting, and it can be, it can feel really, um, I want to say like abrupt and jolting. So it's, it's definitely one of those harder ships to build for sure. So when the, the partnership from a business perspective, I think becomes even more important on that idea of, like I mentioned before, that both parties bring their 100, mm-hmm. 100 to the table because a partnership when in a business sense can easily breed resentment if one party isn't pulling their weight. So so some of the things we've learned about being in in a partnership, and of course, we're still in partnership also, not just with each other, but with my husband, Chad, and with our parents um, in, in within the squeeze in. And we had a lot of years being a family business partnership like that, as well as entering into some other partnerships and business ideas and things. And, and so we've had a lot of experience with it. And a, a lot of it's been positive and a lot of it's been um, challenging. And so what it, it is one of those things that we, we always encourage others, like you're going to do business with other people. You're going to form partnerships with other people. Do, do that with people that you trust 
trust and that you have a match with in values. And I think I wish that was something that maybe we would have underscored earlier on if we could go back and do things again. The values match when it comes to partnerships is really important because when you don't have the same value set going forward into a business setting, oftentimes that can clash in the middle of things that can make it messy. And business is oftentimes met with legality, right? And so you end up getting into contracts and how they need to get spelled out. So you're either extremely careful in the contracting process, which you should be prudent in that. Um, but the back end of that, when you don't enter in with the same value set, can be difficult to rectify. And then it all leans on the documentation that you put forward in the first place. And then those things that you didn't, those long agreements and things you wanted to breeze over and, and not read all the way through can sometimes come, come back around and just, you can be like, oh, you get taken on a technicality or something. And the, it's, we have to remember that as much as business is that rational side of us, there is also the emotional side. And there's no way you can't form an emotional connection with someone that you have a business partnership with. And so that's where I think things start to get messy if you don't have that clear definition of roles, of, of goals, right, of values, of understanding what the future is. And you can't always understand. Sometimes it's that, you know, know what the first step is, which is why one of our recommendations before moving into partnership, it would always be to do a collaboration with someone first. Find a way to do a project together, to bring a product forward, to have a shared challenge or something that you can do that has an end date and a split date. That way you get, you get a little dating period. And I think that's a big miss for a lot of folks. I know that was a miss for us in, in certain you know interactions over our last 19 years and 15 years really of active business um, on this side of things it would be something I wish we would maybe would have considered more in the beginning. Oh, that is a really good point, Shai. And when we get down to the partnerships of the people that you work with every day, right? That arm in arm human being who's right there. I mean, the, it's interesting how much overlap there is with the uh, kind of best practices for romantic relationships. Things like open lines of communication, having frank discussions, not bottling emotions. Um, when you work with somebody in a very close capacity, you partner alongside someone. And this isn't necessarily just in a business ownership standpoint. Maybe this is a really close manager that you work with at, at your job. Maybe this this is a coworker that you've gotten paired with. Maybe you're a student and you understand how you sometimes have to partner with people on long-term projects over the course of an entire uh, quarter or, or half of a year. And those kinds of partnerships require very similar upkeep to a romantic relationship, which just goes to underscore the fact that really you get involved, which means your emotions are at play no matter what kind of partnership you're in. What I love is what that means really is that these best practices are simple and applicable across all kinds of different ships and I look forward to applying them to our next ship pulling into the harbor, Friendship Harbor. <laughs> we are so proud to have just recently launched the brand new version of knshy.com. Now announcing the brand new website. K-A-Y-A-N-D shi.com. We would love for you to go over and check it out. We started it longer than we're uh, proud to admit. Um, and it's taken quite a while to get over the finish line. And of course, it'll always be a work in progress. But it's so great to have the new website up. And what's even more fun than that is the fact that when you go there, there's a pretty special surprise for you. Drum roll, please. 
had access to some incredible people in our journey, and we have created a celebrity interview series bringing their knowledge to you. People like John Maxwell, Dr. Bruce Lipton, we've got America's Super Nanny, Deborah Tillman, and more. So go check out the new website, get the celebrity interview series. It's exclusive. There's some never before seen stuff back there. And we look forward to hearing how you like it, but let's get back to ship week. Back to ship week. All right, we are pulling in once again to the dock here on Ship Week. Yep, we are in Friendship Harbor, and we are excited to talk about the, sh- the ship that I think a lot of us find a lot of comfort in, and that is in friendships. Now, one of the things that I love about Shyla and I is that we have two different sides of the friendship spectrum. Now, Shyla is incredibly social, and I'll let you talk about how your beautiful relationships came forward with your, like, trillion best friends. <laughs> and uh, Kay here, I have like one best friend outside of my sister <laughs> and that's pretty much it. And I'm definitely more of an introverted human. So friendships are both deep for us, but have different meanings and they play out differently in our lives. Well, coming at you, Professor Shy here for a minute, what we know is that humans thrive in groups and that they thrive on connection and that the impact of even just one close connection with someone that you would consider a friend gives enough of a sense of belonging to reduce suicide rates by incredible amounts and feelings of loneliness and self-harm and suicidal thoughts and all of those things. So whether it's one friend or or a dozen, just having someone on the friendship spectrum is really important to your health overall as a human being uh, and that well-being. But yes, you're right, Kay. I have a large group of friends. Um, We had 11 bridesmaids (laughs) Um, from a a wonderful group of women that I started going to school with when I was nine years old. And by the time we were in high school, there was nine of us. We have a title, we have numbers, we have nicknames. There's a secret initiation. Just kidding. There's not one of those, Um, but we're called the Ditz Crew. And through the ups and downs, we've been there for each other. Um, And I've always really enjoyed having this close knit of nearly 10 women uh, as my friends. It's really amazing to have seen that play out in your life too. But man, that is a busy set of friends for somebody uh, like me, who's a little bit more on the, from a networking perspective, the introverted side. It's funny, I was just telling somebody last night how oftentimes in networking situations where we've got to talk to people, I cling to Shyla for dear life. <laughs> um, because while a, a extroversion is an easy thing for me, I am definitely more naturally introverted. And so I have one very close friend outside of Shyla. Um, Shout out to Victoria. Hey, Victoria. Yes, I was about to say her name is Victoria. She's amazing. We've been best friends. Uh, since we were 15 years old and have carried on a relationship that we're very proud of. And it's taken a lot of intention over the years to manifest and keep that relationship going. And that, and this, to me, it seems crazy to do that times 10, but it's amazing how the idea of friendship plays out in both of our lives. It does. And then, you know, the, the 10 of us, we or there's definitely pairs offs and other little, you know, trios and such, but we are a collective and we communicate in a collective. And I think that's been part of the strength for us. Um, but for, you know, they think that idea of intention that you just brought forward, Kay, it's probably the most important piece in differentiating between the, I want to call them like proxy friends 
friends. Like you take a class with somebody, you become friends over the semester. Yeah. Right. Like you're friendly for a while because you have a shared experience or you work together somewhere, but as time fades, that doesn't really continue forward because neither one of you brought enough intentional energy forward to progress that. And there's nothing wrong with that because our life needs those kinds of uh, friendships in our life. And then there is that other side that Kay and I are talking about with those close friendships that, that go across time because you intentionally invest in that in time with those friends. Yep. I mean, I, I'm, I'll be the first to admit that Victoria and I have gotten into fights, right? We've had to work things out. We've had to have conversations Mm -hmm. and, and to make compromises and to find time for each other when we're busy and, you know, to make the effort for that particular friendship. And so I think a lot of us can sometimes, if you have the expectation that friendship is a lot of work, Sometimes it is, and that's okay. And I think there is an expectation that friendship's going to be perfect, right? Kind of like the first six months of a relationship, but then forever. And it is like any other relationship, which means it takes upkeep. It does. And it's not always easy to spend the money and commit the time to go travel on a friend's trip or go see someone, or especially if you've got friends that move away as they do, as you get older, then it's really takes intentional planning and commitment, but boy, is it worth it. And we love how Michelle Obama really underscores this as well in her book, of course, that we love, and you've heard us feature before her book becoming, but her having a really strong group of friends that she made primarily in college, and they've intentionally kept it forward. You can just see how they've been this level of support and this ability to provide that sense of security and belonging no matter what, how important that can be for people. And I just love the way she shared that. And, and we know the, the studies show, the research shows, friendships are really important. So be it one or be it many, here's to your friendships today as we pull out of this harbor and into our last kind of meta harbor of the week. Ooh. Those more tugboat sounds like, yeah, I like it. Friend. <laughs> Are you tired of the ship week puns yet? Well, we hope you're not because there's just one more. And today we want to talk about relationships. We're talking about the romance, the hot and steamy, you know, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your husband, your wife, your, your at-home romantic partner, the person who you spend that love side of your life with. If you push your glasses up your nose, you call it your significant other. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Professor Shy over here. (laughs) Well, whatever that significant other is for you, we want to talk about, I think, the nature of this, like kind of that personal partnership that you form with somebody um, that ends up being your long-term relationship. This is a relationship of support, of endurance, of compromise, of joy. Intimacy. Oh, come on. That's one of the best parts. And one of the things that makes it different than any of the other ships in the harbor we've talked about this week. (laughs) Well, the relationship in your life is one of those things that can add so much flavor and depth and talk about security when you, when you can maintain that for a level of time. In fact, a relationship for so many people provides so much security that many men and women will stay in an abusive relationship just because of the security that it provides, right? Or that certainty, that known, like I'm not happy, but at least I know it. And that makes me in some ways comfortable, even if I'm a little bit uncomfortable, the idea of the uncomfortableness that comes with making a change can be so hard that I'd rather just stay certain and comfortable in my uncomfortability. Um, and and, I, and then that can be a detriment, I know, to human growth, to personal growth, to relationship growth. Um, and so it takes someone being brave and having courage to say, I'm going to change me first, as Tony Robbins likes to say, 
And then if that doesn't work, change the relationship. But working on ourselves is what we talked about at the beginning here uh, of, of ship week and ending here with that. Once you've got that figured out, you can really work on that side by side with another person. It can be a really amazing kind of relationship that blossoms as time goes on. Now, Shyla and I have at this point, both of us have put in our 10,000 hours. Yeah. On the relationship front, you know, we were just recently uh, regaling just how freaking long it's been (laughs) that you and Chad have been together. Yes, it's been a long time. We're celebrating our 16th wedding anniversary um, in June of this year, and we're really excited about that. We're actually celebrating it on an amazing Mediterranean cruise, which you guys will all hear about later at some point. Um, But we have had a lot of ups and downs and a lot of challenges. We've actually also worked together most of that marriage and time, um, which can add a different element, but we, it's so nice to have that person that when you're sick, they bring the tissue box and they care about you. And when you are so happy and have a big win, they're the first person you want to call. And when you've got kids together and you've got somebody that you can rely on and you know, the code and all of the (laughs) words and the lingo and the jargon and the mechanics of what it takes to implement a family, it feels really good to have a life partner like that. It really does. And it's been amazing to see the way that you're in Chad's relationship. So 16 years married and how many years together? Uh, 18. Oh my gosh. Coming up on 20 years. That is craziness. Now, Danny and I have, uh, 12 years together, which is crazy. Mm -hmm. A dozen years. And then, uh, we're coming up on our ninth wedding anniversary. Our 10th wedding anniversary will be in 2023, but crazy to think it's been almost 10 years that we've been married. Um, it feels like that time has flown by. And also there has been so much that has happened, but at the beginning of this week during leadership, I talked a little bit about that idea or part uh, in partnerships about that, uh, you know, you can't love someone at the capacity with which you don't love yourself. And just in this last year, my relationship went through a humongous transition when Danny decided to embrace the full side of themselves as a non-binary person, which means my man is definitely more feminine. But one of the best things about that is that he decided that he was going to love himself as he truly is. And that really opened up love for me within the relationship from him as the partner, which just so underscored and demonstrated to me the power of loving yourself first. Yes. And it's been so amazing to watch this unfold over the last year plus at this point uh, for the two of you and seeing that truly transformation and demonstration of, you know, if that tiny cup inside of you for self-love is a shot glass and you go to fill up somebody else's cup and that's all the love you've got to give, that's not very much. It's a sprinkle for a cup like you that's this (laughs) ginormous ocean. Uh, I'll take all the love. (laughs) And seeing, seeing Danny be able to truly become them full selves has been so beautiful and fun just to watch your relationship in that way blossom. And, you know, I know early on when you were, when he first told you and it was difficult, you know, we talked about the idea of you fell in love with a human being and a person, not necessarily a societally ascribed gender identity and, and being able to understand that. I think helps underscore for, you know, whether you're going through a, my person came out as non-binary or any kind of my person is growing differently than me or aging differently than me, or, you know, drifting differently than me, that, that there has to be that authenticity piece that's supported and that you love that person no matter what. Cause sometimes at the end of the day, you really just have to rely on the fact that you've committed to each other. Cause it's not always going to be about that love and front funness and that feeling, right? That the, the- first 
six months of the relationship are only the first six months of the relationship. Everything else from there forward takes intentional effort, both in loving yourself and loving the other person. So we hope that you have mm-hmm. enjoyed the ship week here on the Kay and Shy show. What do you think, Shy? Should we take these ships out to sea? We should. Let's pull them out of the harbor. Let's set sail. Ahoy, mateys. Here we go. Mm-hmm. <laughs>